Golden Heart finalist in contemporary romance, her books explore the nature of love, human interactions, and found family, often featuring ghosts. She's the one who dreams up the Twitter Friday Kiss prompts, runs the Friday Kiss community, and created the Kiss Pitch mentoring program. She lives on an island in Puget Sound with her family, pets, and a band of local sea otters whose hijinks are endlessly amusing. She's represented by Gemisco Chambers Black at the Andrea Brown Literary Agency. Nana Kumar is a lawyer by day and a reader and writer of Romance at Night. She's currently querying her first rom-com, which was selected as a Rev Pit 2022 winner. So welcome. I'm so excited that both of you are here. And I know this is about mentorship programs, but I kind of need to hear about sea otters first. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, since I wrote that, I found out they're river otters, but there are sea otters out there. But yes, their hijinks are endlessly amusing. And for a while, they had gotten into our house, and we had to kind of figure out how not to have that happen. <laughs> yeah, they were <laughs> they were bringing fish in there and then leaving fish parts around. So it wasn't a great community activity for everybody. <laughs> but they're great to watch. They're really fun. They're wonderful. They roll around in the yard. They, they sometimes get to watch the parents teaching the little ones to swim. It's wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, why don't you both tell us a little bit about your background in author mentorship programs? So I'm very, very new to all of this. So I, um, I started entering my first mentorship programs this year, entered one in January, did not get selected, and revised a bunch, um, and then applied to RevPit and was selected. So I, um, that was about in April, worked with um, our, my RevPit editor for a few months, revising my manuscript and getting it in good shape, and then started querying it recently. So not a ton of experience in mentorship programs until this year. Awesome. Yeah, what about you, Gwen? Uh, in 2015, I applied to be a Pitchers mentee, and I did not make it in, but I got some great feedback from some of the mentors, and so the next year, I applied again and did make it. I was selected, which was really great, and since then, I've mentored Pitchers myself twice and started the Kiss Pitch mentoring program, which we've run one time and you were a part of. Yeah. Um, so I'm a Kiss Pitch mentee at the moment, and so I'm really grateful <laughs> that you started this when it's been an amazing experience. I'm so glad. Thank you. Um, could you tell me a little bit about, maybe it might be nice, Nana, if you tell me about the benefits as a mentee, and then when we can hear from you about the benefits to being a mentor? Sure. Um, so, I mean, I think the that's, I mean, the first benefit I'll talk about is just finding a writing community. If I'm someone who is very new to um, putting my writing out there, this was the first year I really started sending it around and trying to find friends. So um, even though I didn't get into the first mentorship program I applied to, that's really where I found my critique partners and made, you know, found my first friends in the writing community. So I think the first benefit is just um, meeting other writers. 
But the benefit I got from working with my editor was huge. Um, I didn't really know how to revise before this mentorship program. I'd never, um, I was just trying to figure it out on my own, going off of feedback from some beta readers. But having, um, having a mentor really look through your work, provide an edit letter, give an outside perspective, and kind of hold your hand through the revision process was very helpful. I'm totally with you. The community has been so much more than than I anticipated. I was really excited about the idea of working with a mentor, which has been awesome. But now I have, I mean, as you know, like now we're sharing high school pictures of each other and like discords that we've introduced each other to. And it's really been a great way to meet, to meet other writers. Gwen, you want to tell me about mentoring? Sure. Um, mentors have... I'm sure that that word means different things to different people, but in all of the programs that I've been a part of, really a mentor is just another writer who likes your work and thinks that they can help you improve it. So it's there's nothing really magical about it. We're just other writers who are sharing what we've learned. And after I was a mentee in Pitch Wars, a bunch of us got together and decided that the best thing we could do was pay forward the knowledge that we had come up with. And that's why we started at the time it was called All the Kissing and now it's morphed into Friday Kiss. But from a mentor's perspective, well, from both sides, it seems like an impossible thing. Like When you're a mentee, you really, really hope you get picked. And when you're a mentor, you really, really hope that you pick the manuscript that you can help the best. So there's a little bit of frantic energy that goes into all of it. But the best part about it, about being a mentor for me, is that I just keep learning from the people that I work with. It's not a one-way street at all. There's so much back and forth, and there's so much information that gets shared that I always figure out even better ways that I can work the next time through. So it's not a static experience where you have the same information that you pass on to people and then you just sit back and say, okay, now it's your turn. It's very interactive and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. Um, can you tell me maybe about some of the resources? Well, both of you, like what have been some of the coolest things you've learned or discovered that have improved your writing or that you see improving others, others writing the most? Um, there, everybody has their favorite since Kiss Pitch and, and the Pitch Wars stuff that I've been involved in has been mostly on the romance and women's fiction side, um, one thing that I learned early on was how to work with beat sheets effectively. And one thing that I always try and impart to the people that I work with is how to use them to their own advantage. Because like everything else, you know, there's suggestions more than rules. And the last thing I want is to read a romance novel where somebody is worked on the beat sheet so specifically that you can tell, oh, look, I'm at the 25% mark, so I know this is going to happen. So romance is very formulaic. And the best thing to me as a reader and a consumer of romance is when I don't think about the formula at all. I just get to enjoy the experience. So that's the, those are the kind of, it's the kind of things that I like to try and help people achieve is less working on a strict formula and more making things organic and helping them come together in a way that seem natural and like I want to keep turning the page. I love that. I want to hear, hear more about how to do that actually. <laughs> Nana, what is some of the what are some of the things that really you feel really changed your writing that you learned through the program? Yeah, I am um, 
The edit letter I got back from my RevPit editor, she did a very meticulous scene-by-scene -scene breakdown, which is something I had never thought to do. Um, and obviously, you know, took a lot of time to kind of identify what is the goal of this scene? How is this moving the story forward or how is it not? And looking through that, I mean, really showed me where my story was lagging, what could be cut down to be improved, what could be combined. Um, and it's something that I know that I'm going to be doing for future manuscripts, too. And it's a way, you know, even when I'm beta reading friends' works, I'm able to kind of break things down in that way um, and see how things can be improved. So that's very helpful. Um, I love organization and I love beat sheets. So I rely on those a lot when I'm revising um, just to see sometimes you're just missing a beat and you don't even realize it. And going back and adding something in can make things a lot stronger. But I think the taking away how to break down scenes so you can see um, what's working, what's not, was really the most helpful part of it for me. And you brought up beta reading, which I have really seen too. It's totally through these programs, you're learning how to critique other people's work. And then you get the community, so you're all helping each other do that too. Um, I know that in the Kiss Pitch group, a lot of mentors were sharing um, how to do a reverse outline and that kind of changed our whole like all of our work and so the reverse outline um, is probably the favorite thing that I've taken away. Can you talk a little bit about challenges to this kind of program so from both sides of it what are challenges to participating and what are challenges to running it? There's so many challenges to it you would think you know how it goes. You've done it a couple of times, but everything is different and everything is unique. So we, our challenges started even with our submission form and how to use it. So we, you know, we, we basically had to build everything from the ground up to decide how many people we were going to include in the program, how many we could include, because one of our, one of our big things was to try and make it as as open as possible and have as many people participate as we could. But, the, you know, everybody's different and everybody comes to these things with a different, I don't want to use the term agenda because that sounds like it's premeditated, but everybody's got a different background. So everybody has something new and something different to offer. So one thing that we really wanted to do was, like you said, have people share their information and, it was with our, we, we were lucky we had a great group of mentors, so it wasn't like pulling teeth. We didn't have to chase people down to do it. But there have always been, you know, you expect something to go a certain way, and then it turns this way, <laughs> and then it turns back that way again. It's, it's a lot like writing a story. Um, we lived through our first year of experience doing this, and now we know what we would need to do differently. So there's always a touch of that. Um, overwhelmingly, it was easy. And all of the little things that were snags in the road, we worked really hard to keep behind the scenes so that it didn't get in anybody's way because the focus needed to be on the writing and the revision. Did you encounter any challenges, Dana? Sure. Yeah. And I'm sure, Becca, as a mentee, you did as well. Um, I think some of the challenges start even before you find out whether you were selected, just waiting, not being sure, and just being stressed out about it. It's, I think, but I think it's good preparation for what querying is like, and then later in, you know, hopefully what happens when you're on submission. And I think waiting is just part of the game and rejection is part of the game. So it's a good learning experience. Once I got, um, you know, once I really started revising, 
I think some of the challenges are keeping your eye on your own paper. It's on the one hand, having this community of other people who are in this program is so wonderful. And on the other hand, everyone's going to be working through their revisions at a different pace. Um, and so I think it's really important to focus on, you know, what the task in front of you and how things are going while being supportive of others. But I, I can get, um, I think it's challenging not to compare, to see someone who just zoomed through revisions and is already out there querying. Um, or, you know, maybe it's taking you longer. Maybe the challenges in your story that you have to work through are a little bit more complicated. So I think, you know, there's a, there's a good balance in learning to be supportive of other people in your community and excited for them as they're working through revisions and, you know, also focusing on the task that's in front of you. I think there's also a real tendency on any side in any program like this to view it as a contest, which it isn't. Um, and there are always going to be people who will want to be the first to be done, the first to do this, the first to do that, um, or, you know, to have gotten through this many things this quickly. And so there is a bit of a competitive element to it. And I noticed when I was a, when I was working in pitch wars, since there was an agent round, that was a lot more prevalent. And one of the reasons why we decided not to have an agent round in our mentorship contest was so that we could focus strictly on the content and on making the stories the best they could be. And the rest is gravy. So, Nana, what you're saying about the waiting kind of being practiced for worrying, I'm sure that this, like, still that feeling like I have to get through revisions or whatever. I'm sure when we're all in the quarrying trenches, there's going to be a little bit of like, oh, I hope I'm not the last one picked or like <laughs> the only one <laughs> whose book hasn't sold or whatever. So it's probably, you're right, it's good practice for that too, celebrating other people's wins, but not using them as like the yardstick for your own success. And the thing to remember about the publishing industry is that it's filled with a series of plateaus. And so you reach one, like you're querying and you, you get an age, you sign with an agent and that's like, that's what you've been looking for. And then there's a whole series of other continuing plateaus above that, that you don't even think about one at a time. It's like, Oh, now I have to prove myself to this agent that I'm really worthwhile and will my thing sell and how are revisions going to go? And then, you know, then you go on submission and then you learn a whole other series of hellish experiences about how long or how quick that can be for yourself and for your friends. But I do think it's really important to keep, keep in mind that writing is both a community and a solo effort. So there are things that we can do and we're the only ones that can do them. Um, but being supportive of writers at all different stages of their career is a really good thing to learn to do. And it's normal to be jealous. It's normal to say, oh, I wish this happened to me that quickly or whatever. But everybody's, you know, the saying is everybody's writing path is different. And it's true. It is. You can't really compare yourself to anybody else when you're writing. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, like, that need to prove yourself to your agent. And I know that 
like within the program, some people are like, oh, um, I mean, just the same kind of imposter syndrome. Like, what if my mentor regrets taking me on? What if my mentor hates this draft? <laughs> what if they're going to be so mad at me because I message them too much? Um, do you want to talk about navigating that relationship? Well, I think that that's, you know, that's going to be different for every mentor and their mentee. Like, for me, I'm like, I'm available. Ask me anything. There's no question that's too stupid. There's no question that's out of realm. If I don't know the answer, I'll go try and find it for you or we'll figure it out together. Um, but that's just my style. I like to be really, you know, I mean, I figure part of mentoring for me is just being there for people. And I was joking with one of my um, former Pitch Wars mentees just yesterday that I'm like the glue you can't get rid of. <laughs> You know, I'm the gum on the bottom of your shoe. I'm just going to stick around and be there for you. So um, I think the best thing to do in terms of navigating that from a mentee perspective is just check in and say, you know, is this is this driving you crazy? Is this something that's too much? Do you need me to back off? Or, you know, am I giving you what you need? Am I not giving you enough? And it goes the same way on the other side. I always feel like I don't want to overwhelm my mentee with, you know, just like throwing all this stuff at them. So I try and do a little schedule up front so that people can expect when they're going to hear about different pieces of things from me. Um, but I, that's always mutable. I'm easy. And I think most people who mentor are pretty easy, too. And if you run into somebody that's just very rigid and says, no, I'm only going to do this much at this period of time, then they may not be the right mentor for you. Or they might. That might be exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Did you have anything to add? Uh, no, not really. I think my, um, you know, my mentor through RevPit was just very clear up front with what the schedule was and what, um, you know, what they would be looking at, what they wouldn't, and how often to check in. And I think some mentorship programs might be, you know, you might have more of a friendship with your mentor and I think some programs really prize that um, and I, I think it's just really individual I think my um, my editor was fantastic but I think we had more of a editing relationship I wasn't checking in a lot and we weren't really talking about a lot of things outside my manuscript and that really worked for me and for her um, and I think we knew that at the outset so um, but I know other people who went on to become you know, besties with their editors. So I think it's just, it's a very individual thing and it always is, um, you know, I, I think it's good to have open communication though and find out what each other's styles is and to talk about it. And that, I mean, that's why as mentors, we do wish lists and we talk a little bit about, you know, what you can expect from me, what my style is. Um, and I think that's a really important part of any mentorship program is to be able to have that information up front because it's like querying you wouldn't query every agent that's listed, but you want to find the ones that are interested in the same things that you are and that you feel like, you know, they would match with the, your style in writing and their revision style would help with that too. So that was really awkwardly phrased. <laughs> okay. So both of you had experiences applying to a mentorship program and being rejected at first and then trying again, could you share some tips for successfully applying? What did you change? Oh, that's a good question. So my um, my time period between being rejected for the first one and then applying for the next one was only about two months. Um, so it was a pretty quick turnaround. 
I will say in those two months, I did a lot of work on this manuscript. Um, I had about, I had a good number of beta readers who looked at it, um, some of whom I found from applying to that first mentorship program. And they offered really good advice. Um, so I spent those two months really making a lot of changes, removing a subplot, changing scenes around, um, adding things. The manuscript was pretty different um, when I applied the second time. I also um, had someone look at my synopsis, my query letter, all those things that I, um, you know, mentorship programs will typically require a synopsis or something like a query letter um, in addition to the first few pages of your work. So having someone look at those things and help me, um, you know, I had never done those before. So I was very thankful that someone looked over those for me and helped me work, um, work on them before I applied the second time for the mentorship program. I completely rewrote my book. But as I mentioned before, I had gotten some good feedback the first time I applied from several of the mentors. And I, and honestly, my first reaction was, oh, I don't need to do all of this stuff. I'm just going to query and see how well that worked out for me. Not at all. So I actually spent the year in between completely rewriting my manuscript and actually learning what I was doing um, instead of just saying, I can break all the rules and it'll be so great that the whole industry will change, which is something that I think a lot of brand new writers do. We go into it that way. Um, but yeah, I, the best thing to do is to get feedback from other people and have other eyes on your book before you send it into a mentoring program. Um, I asked a, a number of people to read mine before I submitted to Pitch Wars the second time. And I got some really good feedback on that. And I knew then that I was on the right track. The other thing that that did was it let the mentor that I ended up getting picked by was one that I had applied to the first time and she had given me feedback. She knew because my manuscript was so different that I would be okay with any revisions that she threw at me because I had already done so much work on it. So that was kind of like, oh, I got to show off a little bit that I actually learned something over the past year, even without a mentor. So that was a good thing to do. Yeah, that's really cool. And I'm sure it showed her that you were serious and like ready to really dig in, and do what was going to Well, and I also asked her if it was okay to submit to her again. You know, some mentors have rules about that. Like if they've already seen your work, they don't necessarily want to see it again, even if you've made major revisions to it. So a good thing to do is always to check in if you've applied to somebody in the past and say, you know, hey, I've changed this significantly. Because there were in when I the two years that I mentored Pitch Wars, I got some of the same manuscripts two years in a row. And I couldn't see from the opening pages that there were significant differences in them. So that made it like, well, if I wasn't interested in it the first time and you didn't change anything. I don't want you to waste your pick because everybody has a limited number of people that they can apply to. So I know that both of you mentioned having like some eyes and incorporating feedback. And I think maybe some of our listeners might be thinking, but where do I find those people? If you're saying that you find those people through these contests and I just want to just share like Twitter hashtags, <laughs> um, the writing community is really supportive and really welcoming for the most part. I don't know if you have any other um, advice on how to find folks to like help you even get to the point of applying. 
Uh, I was just going to say, it's a lot of trial and error, like making friends anywhere else. Um, you know, you might, um, I think Friday Kiss is a really fun thing to participate in. And um, Gwen started that. Meeting her is like meeting a celebrity to me. <laughs> but because um, I, part I participate in those every week or I try to. And they were really the first part of the Twitter writing community that I kind of dipped my toes into. Um, and the first way I connected with other romance writers. So I think that's a fantastic thing to do if you write romance. But even if you don't, things like pit light are a good way to share a little bit about your work in, pro um, your work in progress. Uh, CP match is another one. So you, I think if you join Twitter and you just see these hashtags and you see what other people are writing, you'll start to meet people with similar tastes. Um, you can exchange a few pages, see if you, you know, see if you match in your revision style or your feedback style because everyone's different. Um, but yeah, I really think just you kind of just have to to jump in, and I think social media is a good way to start. Twitter is a good place to start. I think Twitter is the best place to start because it's the most obvious in terms of getting immediate feedback from people. And back in the days when PitMad was still running, there were a lot of practice pitch events, and there still are for different for different um, pitch things. So that's a great way to meet people, is, and just to say, hey, you know, I've got this query letter that I'm working on. Can anybody help me with that? Um, sites like Query Tracker have forums. And there are a lot, of, a lot of people that can give good advice on stuff like that. Um, and I like our Friday Kiss community because you can just kind of ask people for whatever. There are also, when I started, I actually was not on Twitter. And so I just searched for critique communities online. And I found one called Ladies Who Critique. It's not there any longer. But that's how I met my first group of, of critique partners. And then another great way to do that is to join um, an organization and go to their meetings. I was a member of the SCBWI, Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, and I met, I, I actually joined a critique group with, with that, and we're still in touch years and years later. So those are all good recommendations and things to do. So we talked a little bit about what you changed and but how about general general advice or tips in your application for programs for giving it the best possible chance at being accepted it's kind of like querying if somebody says that they don't want stories that contain this type of content don't send them stories that contain that type of content i can't tell you how many times i've said you know i, I that this is on my do not want list and somebody would kind of skirt around it and not meant they would like neglect to mention it in their synopsis that it contained this stuff or in their query letter that contained so i would you know request the manuscript and i'd be reading along and then there's like boom this big scene of do not want i'm like you know it's don't do that to people because everybody's got different triggers and different reasons for what they request so respecting what the mentor requests is a really, really good thing. That's probably my number one hint. Um, the second is to know your genre, right? And I realize that's really difficult for a lot of new writers to, uh, I still have trouble pinpointing genre half the time, but understand as best you can what genre you fit into and, and pitch your book that way. 
because when you get entries as a mentor where it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that, it's really hard to know what piece the author wants to concentrate on. So if it's presented, let's say you present something as romantic suspense, even if it has a lot of other elements, I'll know that's the direction that you're trying to go in and whether or not I'm the right person to help with that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. I think it's really important to pay attention to what mentors are looking for and what, especially what they're not looking for, um, making sure, you know, when you submit, you're submitting to people who want the kind of work um, that you have. And um, I think especially for writers who have, who come from marginalized backgrounds, I always try to keep an eye out for mentors who are looking um, for, you know, what I'm writing, which are rom-coms featuring South Asian characters, diverse characters. And so, I, I mean, my editor had, she's looking for diverse rom-coms on her manuscript wish list. So I felt really good about sending it to her. Um, so I think all mentors have something to offer, but I always particularly are looking for people who are wanting to support writers from diverse backgrounds, marginalized backgrounds. Um, because I, I do think those, you know, as writers from those backgrounds, we may need support in areas that other mentors may just not be able to, um, you know, may not be thinking of or may not support. So I think looking at that is really important. Um, I think we already talked about having eyes on the materials you're submitting and making sure you get feedback before submitting things to mentors. But yeah, I think all of that will get your application in pretty good shape. And I also would say focus in your application, focus on your the work that you're writing. Don't tell me that you're the best writer since blah, 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 or that, you know, you've read a lot, but you're way better than all of those other people. And I've, I've seen that kind of stuff. Um, it's a little bit offensive to me that I won't be able to tell whether or not it's something that I'm going to enjoy. I don't need to be told that up front. By virtue of the fact that you're entering, it means that you're really hopeful that you're going to want feedback and help. Um, and the other thing that I would suggest is not in, when you're applying and if somebody asks you why you're applying, don't have, I mean, you can have all the unreasonable expectations you want, but don't put it on the person that might be mentoring you. I have turned people away whose work was really, really lovely because they said that their goal was to be, get an agent and be published out of the program. And I can't guarantee that ever. No mentor can. So set your expectations properly and understand how much work you'll have to do during the scope of the program, because it's rarely simple. If your book is so close to being perfect, it doesn't need mentoring. I realized we didn't do this. Could we just like throw out the names of some of the contests? Because as we're talking about them, I'm like, wait, there are so many of them <laughs> that I'm sure there are some that people <laughs> might not be aware of. So we have Author Mentor Match, um, Rev Pit, Kiss Pitch, Pit Mat is, is defunct. What else? Yeah, go there's, ahead. <laughs> there's Query Fest, which is going on for its first year right now. Okay. So, and that's strictly for queer writers, which is great. And there's um, there's Right Team Mentorship Program. I think they're taking a break this year from their formal mentorship program, but next year I think they're planning to be back. Um, and Smooch Pit, which is another romance um, mentorship program that I think also started this year. Yeah, they just started. And then I just remembered there's like Pit Dark, I think, for like darker themes and like horror 
um, and then sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, those are Twitter pitches. Yeah, Twitter pitch events. Oh, so those are mentorship programs. Okay. Right, right. So Pit Dark and um, DV Pit are pitch Twitter pitch events. Okay. They've got a. I think they've got a mentorship program associated. Like SFF Pit is a is a Twitter pitch event. Mike and Dan run, who are their former Pitch Wars mentors. Savvy Authors has got a great variety of stuff. They have all sorts of pitch contests and query contests and online training. Um, they do a, a lot of it is free. It's great. So if anybody is looking for a good, um, good site to sign up for their newsletter. Savvy Authors is a great one. These contests can feel really exclusive exclusive and really intimidating. Are there other ways to find a mentor, like not outside of the, con- the contest setting? How else can somebody find somebody to mentor them? That's a, that's a good question. Um, and I think, I mean, Obviously, these mentorship programs are not the only path to being agented, to getting your work out there. Um, They're just a path. And, um, you know, people come through this path and don't, you know, may not get those things. And people come outside of that path and do get those things. So um, I think you can find mentors outside these programs. It's um, not as formal of a process, but I think it's the same way that you're finding CPs and you're finding beta readers. I think you can also stumble into casual mentorships. I know I have, um, you know, benefited from that and just had some very, you know, more experienced writers than I who have been willing to give me feedback um, and be supportive. And you, you'll just kind of find that the more you engage in the writing community. The best thing to do is just ask if there's somebody that you want to work with. Ask if they have time to look at your manuscript. I've done that. <laughs> I was like, I'm a pest. I'll just go up to people all the time and say, hey, I really like your stuff. Do you have time to look at something of mine? And people do that for me. And those, I mean, really the most important thing to remember is that a mentor is just a critique partner that's dedicated to you for a certain period of time. That's all it is. And all of these programs are just places that they've gathered a bunch of mentors who are willing to give that amount of time to a certain number of people. So there's never any harm in asking. It can, I mean, all of the Pitch Wars mentors, past, past mentors are still up on the site. If you see somebody that you wish you had a chance to work with, you can always reach out to them. The worst they'll say is, no, I don't have time, but they might know somebody that does. So why don't you each tell me what you are working on right now? Writing or like mentorship program related, what's coming up? Well, we're working on some changes for some new opportunities in the Friday Kiss community. So I don't really want to say what they are until we have that all hashed out. Um, but that, I mean, that is, that's like the community of my heart. And we want to try and keep it nice and keep it going. And so far, we've been very lucky. It's been a very friendly and welcoming place. But I want to keep providing new opportunities for people so that it doesn't get stagnant. Um, and in terms of my personal writing, I have a book that's on submission right now that does have ghosts in it, which is really nice. So hopefully I'll have some news on that one of these days. And the stuff that I'm working on right now is not in any kind of shape to share with anybody. <laughs> 
So, but keep watching the Friday Kiss Twitter stuff because I might put snippets from it out there. And yeah, Nina, I know every time you post about your book, I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait to read it. So why don't you tell us about your, about your project? So I'm querying right now, I'm querying the manuscript that I worked on um, during Grub Pit, which is a fake engagement rom-com. And, you know, fingers crossed, we'll see what happens. I'm trying to have a positive attitude about it. But I think anyone who's querying right now knows it's it's rough. And um, all you can do is hope for the best and lean into your community for support. So that's... Um, where I'm at to kind of take my mind off of it. I am drafting something for fun that has been just a really good distraction and a really fun thing to work on. I won't share too much except that it takes place in a theme park and it's got some workers' rights unionizing themes, which is really important to me personally. So I'm um, having fun just kind of, you know, trying to do some justice-oriented romance writing um, set in a theme park. So that fun. sounds great. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, where can we find you online? Uh, so I'm at N Kumar writes, um, on Twitter, Instagram, and I just got a TikTok, but don't expect anything from it. It's pretty, it's pretty rough. <laughs> and I'm Gwen Jackson on Twitter and GJ writes on Instagram. And of course you can find us on Friday kiss. Thanks for listening to the Indie Writer Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will subscribe to hear our future episodes. We want to thank the Writing Block community for the continued support. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or at writingblock.com. Okay. Remember to subscribe, share, and tell your friends. Thanks, everyone, and